Welcome to the Bobcast Podcast. My name is John. I'm Scott. And I'm flying without headphones today, so let's hope that all the audio levels are just fine. And I'm not flying and I never have headphones. There you go. I could... Never mind, there's only one headphone jack. Okay. As I say, I could hook you up. I'd like to fly. I, I'll, I'll bring a second pair of headphones. You can just put them okay. on. I'll put them on. So if we ever take like a picture, I'll go ahead and put them on. And then it looks like we both are podcasters yeah definitely only one headphone jack okay i'll get a splitter oh yes a splitter. again i can just do it for fashion style you know fashion mm. i'm a, a podcast here's my With headphones kind of a behind the scenes we use a, a zoom h4n pro to record and it's got like the oldest oh no hopefully this won't do anything weird it's got like the oldest usb input oh my gosh <laughs> How old is that? Uh, I'm not sure how old off the top of my head. I obviously bought it used, but um, I looked through and it's still a pretty standard for a field recorder. Oh, is it really? And uh, they just came out with a new version that adds a whole bunch of crazy, but I think if you buy these new, they're still pretty expensive. Okay. I'm just doing a price check, but I got mine for pretty cheap. That's cool. Like, I'm glad. I mean, it's good that it's a mix or miss the whole micro sd or the micro usb because that was horrible i don't know how many devices i had that and it'd mess them up and then you'd have to buy a new cord and then it wouldn't work and oh, you have to yeah. twist it to charge it so like the usb c though I'm, I'm good with brand new at guitar center right now this is 229 this current model no the the one that we're sitting on the table the h4 okay. and pro so um I want to say I got mine for like a lot less than that, but I don't remember. Okay. I bought it from B&H, uh, where I get a lot of my computing and audio and camera stuff from. Oh, okay. They have a great use section. They don't Do they? sponsor us in any way. Okay. Um, and they're Jewish, so they might not like some of the things we say. But we are Old Testament. Yeah, Well, true. I guess we do bring it New Testament, yeah, though. So we bring they, it back to Jesus sometimes. But if they ever want to sponsor us, I just want to say we're looking at uh, several items camera gear that we haven't had a chance to use yet and <laughs> and then we are talking about zoom h4n pro <laughs> i mean we are talking about their i mean old testament their law the yeah, way they, they're supposed to be living i they mean close over uh which one's in the fall is that yom kippur um Hashanah? i don't remember I think, it's, I think it's yom kippur but they close over that holiday for like a week um, so you, if you order stuff, you have to know that you're going to be waiting that extra okay. week to get it. But they actually do, um, like, I think I got this in two days and I didn't pay any extra for shipping. Oh, that's yeah, nice. So they have a lot of like cheap stuff. They have a great return. Um, and they give you a really good description of the item when you buy it and let you know, like, what was funny is this one, uh, it must've been returned with the power adapter because uh-huh. you typically have to buy them separate. And so I was like, oh, cool. This one has a power adapter. So I ordered it because I think these are like 20 bucks. Whoa. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to get this. It's got the power adapter. And they sent me this. And then like by like UPS, I got the power adapter, a brand new one. So somebody must have oops on the on the description or something. Oh, that so sucks. I got, but I got that. So I got like one by like UPS and I got the other one by like USPS or something. Oh, wow. Like that. Okay. And I was like, uh, I was like, oh, okay. Cool. Well, that's a win. <laughs> but yeah, so they just, you know, like, they avoided a customer service issue by just having that. Unless, like I said, the person bought the two and they, uh-huh. you know. But they, they described the condition really well. It's a great place if you need stuff. It's better than, like, trying to 
search on eBay sometimes or like Amazon for stuff. Who are they, what are they called again? Uh, B and H video okay. photo. They're a lot of people know them. Okay, they're they're, they're big big time, uh, especially like in the used audio video photo stuff. Okay, Very so cool. yeah, we got we got a few things in that bag over there, and a few things on the table that have come from them. Nice, nice. So, okay, yeah, I'm a fan of theirs. I will have to if I have to buy something video or audio, I will check them out. I know your wife is probably more. Into some of the video and photo stuff. She probably looks more at that than I do, yeah. She's a graphic designer for she those is. not in the know. I mean, I bought a video camera for myself for work, and she uses it more than I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we, is she supposed to claw that? I am probably not, but... Oh, oh is okay. it? It might be a claw thing. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, a kitty was down here visiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we... Yeah, I have a... Oh, no, I got my camera off eBay. Did you? Okay. But I got some lens... Uh, adapters, not adapters, uh, filters off of B&H. Off B&H? Okay. Yeah. For that camera? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. So hopefully we'll get our YouTube stuff up. That's that's happening. We're hoping. Yeah, we talked yes. about it a lot. Been talking about it for a long lot. We got great ideas. Yes, we have great ideas. Yeah, they're just... I'm going to adjust my mic and ruin everything. I think it's more like with time, with implementing them. I think that's right. the big thing is... We're both full-time working with kids and a wife. and We don't share a wife. We have our own wives. Yes, yes. Yeah. We, do, we definitely don't share. Too. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, there are days when I'm willing to give you some of mine. You know, that's okay. You know, I'm good with two. Mm. I, I had five for a while. That was a, a lot. Yeah, I have five mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Again, that was a lot. <laughs> all of our kids go to the same school except for one. Now, that is My true. My one's too young for school. Wait. Oh, okay. It's like, which one doesn't... Oh, count. He's, he's four. Okay. He's next year. He will be kindergarten. Nice. All but right. Probably not at the same school. Yeah, because he has yeah. special needs. So it's our kids are hoity-toity. They go to private school. <laughs> yeah, on Ohio's watch. Yeah, Ohio's dollar. Or dollar. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which I'm I'm okay with also. Yeah, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You should if you're an Ohio listener, you should do the same. Yes, Ed Choice. It is definitely yes. good. As long as it's around. We'll see how long it's going to be around. Yep. But anyway, yeah. <clears throat> Joel was around for a while. As far as we know, he could have he could have had a short today. We don't. He's only got three chapters. That bro. is true. Which, by the way, we're starting a new book. Welcome to Joel. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's true. We should we finished, should announce that, right? We finished Hosea. So now we've got Joel. Um, Joel one. And and speaking of 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 kind of Joel and not knowing how long he was around. Um, I, I was just saying right before we got started, I was like, you know, I really don't have much on Joel when it comes to who he is, what time frame, that sort of thing. There's a lot of reasons to believe 8th century BC. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people still don't have a, cause he, he doesn't like really mention any, uh, kings or other prophets mm-hmm. or like i guess he's not as uh name droppy as some of the other prophets yep. are so he's a little bit harder to pinpoint and they take speculation they're like well from the the reading you might be able to get this date but if you look at this part of the reading you might get this date right and i was like okay well you know i have a whole lot of nothing when it comes to talking about the introduction to to um i just forgot joel joel Yep. Sorry, it's um, been a long day, people. He's the son of Pethuel. Mm-hmm. Or Pethuel. Pethuel? Pethuel. 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 Pethuel sounds more Pethuel. Hebrew-ish. It just sounds uh, hard to say. Yes. 
So <laughs> we know whose daddy is. Uh, um, his name simply means Yahweh is God. Okay. Your cat just jumped like three feet in the air to get something. Dude, this is entertainment. You guys mm-hmm. can't see, but we have a cat today. <laughs> yeah. They just jumped like three feet in the air to get some imaginary object. Uh, it might actually, it's probably not imaginary. It's probably actually hunting. It hunts bugs all the time. Get it, kitty. Mm-hmm. Go get it. Like this kitty actually. So huh? like if we ever get like a rat or a mouse or anything like that, this one will hunt it down. Nice. My other cat likes to play with, like will find bugs and find things to play with and then it tortures it. Wow. Um, hits it in the head and then lets it walk away and then chases after it, hits it again. Um, it's actually quite entertaining. And the other one just runs from everything. Yeah, this one is this one's a ninja. Get it. Okay, yeah. So uh Joel simply means Yahweh is God. <laughs> and uh it's a very short book. So if you've been like, hey, we want to jump in, I want to study along. We can't help you any more than this. Right. Three chapters. Like it's it, Deuteronomy was a marathon, Hosea was a 10K, and this is like a 5k yep so, like couch the 5k bible in six weeks mm-hmm. it won't even probably take us that well it'll probably take us that long yep. it won't even take you that long and then deuteronomy was definitely i think one of my favorites that was a lot of fun three years of- oh yes <laughs> um and it was it was good hosea was rough i'll be honest that was a rough book to get through and just with which scares me on this one because this has been the opposite because hosea mm-hmm. had all that like hey this is hard this is the only time in the bible that this sentence like reads this way Mm -hmm. and this is the only time we've seen this word or we only see this word represented in hosea so we're you know we're trying to put in context and joel's just like yeah what you see is what you get yeah so i'm a little nervous that like it'll be too easy well yeah because because getting into it it's like oh you didn't really tell me much that's kind of what it says is there anything deeper no, that's pretty much what it says. Let me look at another commentary. Oh, no, yeah. that's pretty much what it says. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't recall seeing anything in the first, unless I come across it in my notes, uh, that was basically like, yeah, in this book, this says it this way for the only, you know, I got mm-hmm. yeah, I think, my notes even suck. <laughs> I think Joel 2 gets a little bit deeper Good. Um, than Joel 1. Um, and, and I think there's there's definitely some hints in there that, that are fairly helpful um, when we get into chapter two, but again, for chapter one, I, I can't say that there's anything overly crazily insightful where I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. but is it a message that, that I think can be timeless? Um, oh, yeah. well, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's kind of ultimately what, what's going to be that we're going to get across is once again, where we're going to see kind of that, that thing of disobedience, um, judgment for disobedience or discipline for disobedience, um, God and or the prophet calls you to repent. They repent and, um, restoration or a promise of restoration kind of occurs. And I think that this kind of follows that theme as, as will most of the minor prophets mm-hmm. and even the major prophets, they just do it a bunch of times in, in one book. Yeah. So, all right. So I guess Joel one. Yep. All right. How far are you reading the first? Um, what do you think? Um, uh, How about through four? Through four or until four? Until four. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of notes for the first three anyway, so okay. carry on. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Um, Hear this, you elders. Give ear all inhabitants of the land. Um, has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? 
Tell your children of it, and let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. So right off the bat, um, some commentators think that this is one of the first and earliest uh, judgments that is coming against Israel for the very beginning days of their idolatry. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the you know, saying like, has anything like this ever happened before? Have you ever seen this before? You know, kind of, it's the first time they're really kind of, you know, diving in. So this would be like, for instance, if you, you know, had a teenager and they held a house party while you're out of town, it's the first time they ever did anything that crazy. And you're going to, you know, have some kind of discipline action plan going on here. And like, look, man, you've never done anything like this before. Have you ever been disciplined like this before? Because you've never done this. You know, it's kind Mm -hmm. of that same early stages of what will unfortunately later become a very rebellious kid. Yeah. But that's why some people think it's earlier than some of the other prophets. Okay. And we're definitely not going through these minor prophets in chronological order. We're going in order in the Bible. And I think that is by size order, right? Right. Yeah, because I think what's funny, this is three chapters. It's like, well, next is Amos. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because Amos is only like, what, two? Well, yeah, and like Habakkuk is short. Mm -hmm. But what's funny is the last... uh, Amos is like Uh, quite large, actually. Oh, really? Maybe as the major prophets? No, these are all minor. minor. Or is it New Testament? No, it's so. I'm getting too far away. I don't. Maybe I thought they were more by size order because Paul, it does. Because like Habakkuk gets really small and Paul's writings are, I know, in, in size order. Well, the New Testament up until Revelation is okay. Yeah, it is almost like they're like, all right, put the big letters in the front. <laughs> so, all right, then maybe I'll have to look into why it is that they put them in this order because I thought it was size wise, and so maybe I was wrong. I was just going to look and see what, on a different, outside of my iPad, because I was scrolling through too many books. So while he's looking at that, Joel's name, though, I thought was actually kind of interesting. Um, in Hebrew, Joel combines two words, Yah, which is an abbreviated form of Yahweh, um, the Hebrew name of the Lord, and then El, which means God. So Joel signifies Yahweh is God. Well, wait, isn't that what you said his daddy's name was? No, that's his name. Okay. Uh, side note, yeah, it doesn't seem to be any real rhyme or reason of size because you do all these short ones and you get to Zechariah mm-hmm. and it's like 14 chapters. Oh, okay. So if there's a, uh, order, I'd have to look and find out. Okay. I, I thought it was size. I I'm did too. So I'm kind of curious now as to, to kind of got a, they had to have had some reason they decided to put it in this order. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yawning. But yeah. The size of books. Yeah, please don't do that because I'm like, whoo. No, yeah, I'm on the edge. All right. Well, yeah, me too. All right. Um, did mention that the word of the Lord that came to Joel, um, it's just kind of a reminder that God is speaking. It is not Joel coming or speaking. Um, so the the message that Joel ultimately is communicating is is a message that is, that is not his own, um, but is a message from God. Um, that kind of points it out in these first three Um I was talking about tell your children of it and let your children tell their children their their children tell their children. Um, it kind of gives it the, this idea of um, it goes from generation to generation to generation. So it's not a message necessarily oh, yeah. spoken to this group of people or this group of people or or whatever, but it is a message that that ultimately can be communicated, you know, throughout time with um, with integrity and, and with a message that that will stick. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. 
I, I, yeah, outside of the repeating it, the echoing to each generation, yeah, I didn't have much more. Yeah, um, it did talk. Yeah, so I, I think that's kind of what, what I have so far. Um, you want to go four through seven? Yeah, let's go four through seven. I've got a lot more notes in this section. I do too, yeah. yeah. Um, what the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten. And what the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. Well, there's a lot of locusts. <laughs> Awake, you drunkard, and weep, and wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of the sweet wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up against my land, powerful and beyond number. Its teeth are lion's teeth, and it has the fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste, it has laid waste my vine, and splintered my fig tree. It has stripped off their bark and thrown it down. Their branches are made white. Mm-hmm. Well, then, all right, so there's a lot of locusts, and there's different kinds of locusts. Yeah. So what what, what you got? So the uh, locust plague happened throughout the ancient Near East, and there are extra biblical sources that talk about it. So there's some outside uh, literature outside of the Bible that talks about this crazy plague of locusts, and it um, is referred to in a hymn to the goddess Nanaya. Hmm. Of the Akkadians, uh, and during the reign of Sargon II, which would have been 721 to 705 BC. Okay. Which helps in da- dating the book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they discuss like the damage and the plague of locusts. And then there was also, um, this is kind of jumping ahead to verse six a little bit, but the locusts were uh, discussed in the uh, writings by Pliny, Natural History. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, he said some of the uh, uh, areas where people were trying to hide from the locusts, they were actually uh, chewing through anything wood. And they would chew through like solid wood doors. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah. So they're, when he says they're cutting locusts, and um, they talk about the lion's teeth in six, um, he believes he's referencing this insane plague of locusts. Oh. So, and then uh, when you get up here to four, where like the cutting locusts and the swarming. Um, the commentator, and I forgot his name again. Oh, Dang no. it, I tried to memorize it on purpose. Uh, he says that, yes, there, this could be referencing four different waves of judgment, but it also uh, could simply be talking about the fact that, like, the first wave of locusts came through and, like, damaged everything, and then the second wave came through and ate what was left behind, and then the next came through and, like, you know, continued to try and focus on what was left after that, and then the destroying, lo- you know, like... So it could either be four waves or it could really be like, you know, four waves of judgment or it could really be four waves of locusts just finishing off what was left behind by the other ones. Okay. Um, so it's, yeah, it just depends on how you want to look at it. And I know later on when we get into to a little bit more, it, it does talk a little bit about how some of the words that are used really shows that there's nothing left. Yeah. Um, so, so really with all these different types whether they're phases or, or whether or not you're still talking about, there's not going to be a whole lot left of the land by the time these locusts are done. Right. Um, I think one, one interesting fact that I got a little bit about the locusts from the IVP um, old Testament Bible commentary um, basically talks about, you know, the locusts were, were known for um, or being no- notorious for their devastation, but it says a locust will consume its own weight each day Locust swarms have been known to cover as many as 400 square miles, 
and even one square mile could team with over one million insects. I was like, oh my gosh. Isn't a locust like a mutated grasshopper? I don't know. I always, amu- I always imagine them like cicadas, but I actually don't know. No, they're not related. I think they're... Oh, they're not related? Oh, and I'm looking them up. I think locusts are actually a... Yeah, it's a grasshopper. It's a species of shorthorn grasshoppers that uh, have a swarming phase. They're usually solitary, but under certain circumstances will become more abundant. Uh, I thought it was something like... Yeah, it's a certain phase that they're in, and they become a locust. So they're not related to cicadas, but okay. I mean, cicadas are. Uh, holy cow! That's a plague of locusts. Oh I'm my gosh! It looks like me. a bunch of raindrops, or yeah, I think it's just the camera can't capture it. I think it's like dead locusts in the front on the camera. Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, that's crazy. Wow, that's in Australia. A plague on you down under. But yeah, so locusts are creepy, man. That's a creepy insect. <laughs> All right. So yeah, it's a. They're related to grasshoppers, though. Okay. Because we read um, when we were homeschooling our kids, we read the Little House on the Prairie, mm-hmm. and they had grasshoppers march through. Uh, but I think they were less damaging, and they talk about the time that like they would literally just like, if they could get past it and it wasn't in their way, they just kind of hop through, you know. And, I, I, I imagine walking through that, like uh, even just walking well, next through. Well, next year we'll have the cicadas. Oh, that's we, true. We, we don't have to imagine. That is true. We live in the Cincinnati area, and we get the 17-year brood of cicadas, mm-hmm. the dumbest, blindest bug on the planet. Oh, yeah. They're basically, uh, they live underground, and they develop for 17 years, mm-hmm. and then they they dig their ways up and emerge, and then they, they, they're near blind. So they fly. They don't really see much or see very well. They'll bump into you your car and they're only like around for a couple couple weeks yeah and then they disappear but they're everywhere like you'll find them in your in your clothes you'll find them in your car you'll find them no matter where you go they're everywhere and they they basically live long enough to mate Mm -hmm. and then they die and the eggs are buried underground and they wait 17 years to come back. And they're loud too. They're like everywhere. Yeah, like, awesome. so for a couple of weeks, oh, all I you hear wait. is like that constant yeah. buzzing um, over and over and over again. Actually, I think last time that was the year we were living in Batesville. No, no. Yeah. Cause that was the year where I got married. Right. But was I, I might've been living out in Loveland at first. Okay. And then I went out to Batesville after that whole ordeal was done. Okay. Ordeal. I mean, like after the lease was up and we had to move. Right. But, <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I think I was on Loveland during that time. Okay. Because I think it was. I think like Loveland didn't have as many. Like it wasn't as crazy. Mm, okay. Because where I lived, where apartment buildings were built, that basically like destroyed all the locust eggs. Okay. But once I got like on the highway on two seventy five, suddenly they're crazy. They're everywhere. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about driving with them. Yeah. Um, because you'd have like pieces of them all over your windshield and. <laughs> pieces of locusts everywhere you can find them in the back of your car it's like how'd they even get there like i don't even know um if you're in northern ohio you might be able to equate it to the mayflies they okay, come I don't out know of the lake about... every year and they fly about six feet off the ground so they're like right above your head uh-huh. and the same thing they live for like two weeks and die but they're oh. worse up there because like when they die you just snow shovel them off of your driveway oh. kind of thing it's pretty uh, gross are they every year or yeah. oh wow okay yeah. so that's every year thing the good thing is they, they thrive off of the pollution in, uh, I think it's Ottawa Lake up there. Hmm. So basically, like, by having a polluted lake, they have mayflies. 
Really? Kind of so, so is that like what they eat off of? Is they eat the pollution? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Don't quote me, people. I, I haven't lived up there in 20 years. <laughs> but I do remember that being kind of the thing. So yeah, okay. we've survived some plagues, but we're not as, you know, we don't res- well, they don't eat everything. They don't yeah, tear we, it up. We, they don't. Yeah. They're not and, chewing through a door. And this is like the devastation of the land type stuff going on. Right. So now I think this is one of the first times, though, we don't. We, we see a lot of, at least in Hosea, we saw a lot of. Stop yawning. He's yawning. Sorry, man. Um, I, I, I went up and visited uh, relatives and all that stuff. And I shared a bed with my four year old. And he likes to make everybody into an H. But you know how most kids might do it like at your side? He does it at your head. Oh, that's fine. So sometimes you wake up, you have a foot in your face or whatever. And then um, he was in a new place, so he'd wake up. He has uh, special needs. He has Down syndrome. So when he's in a new place, it takes him a long time to get used to it. And he'd mm-hmm. like wake up and go, Dad? I'm like, I'm right here, buddy. You can lay back down. So I mean, like very uh, little sleep. So... so he slept until 9 o'clock today. He normally gets up about 6.30. Oh, wow. So he was tanked. And I'm sitting here like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Time to go to work. Did you go to work today? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's work from home, so it's like, Okay. But I, did, I texted my wife. We, we budget like our lives depend on it, basically. And I texted her. I was like, hey, I spent $2 on caffeine today. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to make it. <laughs> so uh, I still didn't make it. Okay. And I made it, but you know. Yeah, I was going to say. Whew. So yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Locust, caffeine. Yes. Uh, um so god's judgment um possibly four waves of god's judgment. yes yeah possibly, possibly not <laughs> but deuteronomy does actually talk about um the potential of their disobedience um where i think in in the end in, of deuteronomy um deuteronomy 28 where they're basically saying well here's all the possible things that can happen if you choose to be disobedient um locust plagues are one of them and and so we see that kind of happening in joel um, a lot of times when we see God's judgment, um, it happens with other nations um, invading Israel. But Which, here we see God using a natural disaster in order to... Um, I don't want to jump to six, but six has that nation language in it. Oh, yeah. So, And I guess it depends on how you... Did I read six? Yeah, we're at yeah, six. Yeah. Which I don't want to like gloss over five. Do you have anything for five before we get um, into the nation? Let me see if I have anything for five. Um the only thing I have for five really is uh, it says uh, awake you drunkards and weep. It's basically like awake from your passive nature. Very uh, like your times are prosperous, so you're you feel safe to like party and uh, drink and to you know let the world go pass you by kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, hey, you need to snap out of it. Uh, what what's happening in your hearts right now is this complacency, and it's leading towards more judgment. Okay, so he, she took a different look at this. Um, so she basically, so Elizabeth Actmeyer, which is the commentary I'm using, and I'm, I'm not convinced I love it, but, but I'm using it right now. <laughs> um, but ultimately, she kind of takes it as um, the first group is, is basically she's calling out the alcoholics where these are going to be some of the first people they're going to realize that they don't have any fresh wine. Um, so the wine is gone. The um, ate it. Yeah, because the <laughs> locusts ate it. Um, and so when, when you don't have the, the grapes and the figs and the, and the various items that are going to help make um, your alcohol and, and what it is that you're, you're living off of, 
um, it, it's going to be a big deal because you're going to notice it quickly. Mm-hmm. And so as the locusts are basically eating up or cutting up or whatever locusts do to get rid of things, um, you're going to quickly know that, that these things of enjoyment are no longer there. Um, and who is it that's going to figure it out quickly? Well, when the drunkards are no longer drunk and, and they are without wine, they're going to quickly realize that there's some sort of judgment or something going on um, when they're, they're no longer drunk because they don't have the wine that, that they used to, to be there. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, that's another. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely viable. Um, it says, additionally, the vine and the figs are signs of security and prosperity. So the IVP commentary basically said that um, that the devastation that, that these locusts are doing would be um, would partially be um, a symbolic yeah, figure I, and picture. I hit a little more on that around 10 and 12. Okay. So, yeah, that's definitely, yeah, the... Wine was definitely like, like you said, prosperity Mm -hmm. or blessing. And they also said it would be weird. um, So the IVP commentary also said that locusts do not favor these type of trees. And so that that ultimately to show that, um, to show the devastation uh, that they went after them just because that's all that was left. Um, So it also kind of is a picture of the, um, the extent of the damage that, that had already been occurred as these locusts come through. The locusts like, man, we found some hard times. All we got are these wine, <laughs> grapevines. See a bunch of drunk locusts. I wonder yeah. what that looks like. I think Fairness they bump into everything. <laughs> so, yeah. We're so that's making fun of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she, and then this could be just kind of an interesting, curious question. Um, that I just kind of, she takes the perspective of with this being a generational thing where you pass it down from generation to generation to generation, um, this idea of this has never happened before type of thing, but God's judgment being the locust thing, but God's judgment came down um, because of your sin. She goes, this being a timeless message can also bring about, well, when you look at your current context in the world, can God and does God still bring judgment um, according to the sinfulness of a nation or of a group of people? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that, that could definitely be an interesting question because I know Christians on both sides of that argument. Um, some say, oh, yes, everything bad that happens is obviously judgment from God. Um, others that say um, there's, there's judgment on those that are that live a sinful lifestyle, um, I, I kind of take a different perspective where I, I believe that if you look at Old Testament, um, God would bring judgment not on the evil nations first, but actually on God's people. Well, um, I, I agree with you to an extent, but there is a point where Israel was used as God's judgment right, on absolutely, the Canaanites. Right, absolutely, um, right. But a so, lot of times... But yeah, he does seem to... God first seems to address his own people right. before he addresses those other nations. Um, or again, you could have both of them. And because since we're no longer a divided nation, you know, here's a nation of God's people and a nation not right. of God's people, then can it be brought down on well, both? So, And then you get into discussions and you guys can fight amongst yourselves. Um is the church Israel is, 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 you know, like, right. Absolutely. Those discussions as well. And, um, you know, you guys, oops, sorry about that. We, you can get into your covenant theology fights 
on your own time. Right. So, so anyway, so she at least brought that, that point up being like, well, God's judgment still kind of comes down in this way. Um, and I can't say I can know for sure. Um, but I, I, yeah. So anyway, it's kind of interesting. I haven't, yeah. So depending on when you're listening to it, if you're listening to it in the future, um, COVID right now is is a thing um, everywhere, <sighs> um, you know, and there's definitely different perspectives on that. And, you know, um, is oh, no, this... no, it's still everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's it's on true. the news. It's... <laughs> <laughs> um, and whatever you, you know, we won't get into to that. But but ultimately, <laughs> um, the question that sometimes lies around is, is this an act of God's judgment being you know, and again, just an interesting context and world to, to bring something like this up. But anyway, I'm going to throw that out. And if the conversation, I mean, we got COVID, we got wildfires, we got uh, killer active, bees, active hurricane. We got, Oh yeah. <laughs> I got a, a acquaintance down in Pensacola right now. Who's uh, said it's very floody, floody because the rains won't stoppy stoppy. Okay. He needs his arky arky. And I, and I heard he's going very, very slowy, slowy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it'll be made out of gopher barky barky. So, you know. I don't remember the rest of that songy songy, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, World devastating flood, people drowning. The Lord told Noah. Noah. It's such a happy, uplifting song, isn't I, it? I remember the first time I had a, a pastor be like, all right, why is Noah's Ark theme? used for children's nurseries it's got animals look <laughs> it's like where's all like the drowning people and it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah i just didn't think about that part of it or in david and goliath look at the bodies <clears throat> floating past the ark and <laughs> david and goliath they never talk about how like david then like cut off his head after he was done right and did he remove some foreskins from them also now i mean that was when he was trying to get his bride back okay you know it was only a hundred philistine foreskins right like they never tell that story in in bible school like in, in sunday school now one of our ideas is to to find all the children's stories and to find out what they all tell the what they Bibles, and, yeah. and find pictures and stuff but we're, we're still kind of hunting that do down that. yeah we gotta do that it's a, yeah, everybody likes Ezekiel and the dry bones. Nobody likes Ezekiel and the poop bread. I know. That's my favorite part. <laughs> or the other things that I don't know if we can say <laughs> about donkeys. <laughs> no, that, that's our next one. And, and Christopher Wright has a great Ezekiel commentary. I, I Yeah, I got a pretty good one. It's a, it's a difficult book to get through. There's like parts where you're like, man, dude has superpowers. He's like invisible and can like walk through walls. Like, see, we should show, so finish Joel and go on like to Ezekiel. A prop comic, <laughs> not comic, but prop, prop <laughs> it. It's like, yeah, go on the city and draw a line and lay down. In front. It's like, what? See, lay on your right side for 40 days and then lay on your left side. What? <laughs> All right, Ezekiel. Whatever, See, bro. You, you now have me sold. We need to do Ezekiel oh, man, next. We got to do Ezekiel. We got to do judges. We got to do. We need more time. We do. Like, uh, all the time. Uh, someday. Someday. Never. Wait, when do my kids graduate? High school? Um, you got a while. You got a four-year-old, buddy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. So, all right, uh, so, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so on to six. This for a nation has come up against my land, powerful and beyond number. So are the locusts the nation, or are we speaking of some other potential power that... My watch is going crazy. So, um, Sorry. So I've read both. Um, I looked at multiple commentaries, um, but most of them take the imagery of 
Um, it is the imagery of the locusts um, taking on the, and they are using kind of a, a, it's symbolic, and they're using an army to, to show the devastation that these locusts are doing. Mm. Um, that seems to be the consensus of most of them that I've, I've read. However, some of them do at least mention the idea that it could be a potential real army, but really it is to... Um, it's just a picture of what, what the locusts are doing and what an army could do. So it's, it's an army of God's judgment um, is, is ultimately, I would say, the consensus of, of what I've read the most. How about you? What did, what did you get? I didn't look too deep into it, and uh, I was too busy reading the part about the lines. <laughs> yeah, I kind of skipped that part of the commentary, and it wasn't until you mentioned it that I remembered I wanted to take a peek. So. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get a whole lot on Yeah, so that's, that's kind of what, what I mostly found. I'm trying to think if there's any... Um, anything else that I saw specifically, um, but that seems to be the most, I actually didn't get a ton out of that part. Um, so the locust horde, which is compared in verse six to an invading army, um, that is numberless and irresistible. And that, um, that makes sense as far as devastation is concerned. Yeah. Because if it, I, I mean, we look at nowadays, we go in, we bomb strategic targets mm-hmm. and then we immediately send in a force afterwards to kind of police the damage that we did and then the un slash in the u.s anyway we send in usually a force to help rebuild right in ancient near east you went in and devastated everything and depending on what god's commandments were at the time and whether or not you were going to follow them uh you either killed and destroyed everything or you looted a little bit and left everything else behind you Mm -hmm. but there there are multiple times where it's like leave no stone stacked on top of another kind of stuff or Kill everybody. Yeah, and that, that is women and children and... Animals. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, or yep. kill every separate animals that would be uh, suitable offerings to the Lord. Right. Or, or in this case, you may take the women and children, but you must kill all the men. Like, it just mm-hmm. depends on the city yeah. and the judgment. So, yeah, having the locusts come through definitely would be a devastation mm-hmm. on that. Like, we don't... I mean, we have uh, World War II, Hir- Hir- Hiroshima, mm-hmm. Nagasaki, or Hiroshima in Nagasaki, mm-hmm. uh, where we laid waste to cities with bombs but um for the most part uh we don't do that anymore and yep. you know most of us have grew up with maybe desert storm where once again it was more strategic we didn't just like blast iraq off the mm-hmm. map kind of thing and before you get like all upset about the whole women and children thing i mean when, when you look Equal at rights, man. No, well, when... <laughs> wow when, when you look at Deuteronomy and you look at, I mean, it's a big deal where women and and and, and children they're they're bringing their idolatry, um, and the idea is if you bring any of those those women and children with their idols, you are ultimately polluting um, the way that de- God would desire for us to live. And as we look throughout history and we look throughout, I mean, even the Old Testament and, and all of that, we we see that. Um, that's kind of a true statement. Anytime people are allowed to live, you've got now new religions and new idols that are brought into that society and culture. It's it's mixed in there if it's not a forefront of, of how people think. Um, and ultimately, it usually leads to um, really the downfall of a society or, or the turning away and disobedience from God, which then locusts come by. So, and, and if you're like, well, that's still not fair, we can even look at Solomon, who had over 900... Uh, was it 900 wives and 200 concubines? He had a lot of or was both. It 700 wives and 200 concubines for a total of 900. Man, I don't know how he did that. 
No comment. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, he brought in women from all over the place, mm-hmm. and it says that his wives turned him to worship of Molech, who was a child sacrifice deity. Um, some people argue that Solomon only had one remaining son, and that's who he wrote uh, Proverbs to. Okay. And they say that because usually it was uh, the boys that were child sacrificed. Hmm. So, I mean, that could literally be thousands and thousands of kids that Solomon sacrificed because of, like, worshiping Molech. Uh, so you're like, oh, don't kill the women and children. It's like, well, there's some dangerous things that come out of that anyway. Hmm. Uh, so I feel so heartless. Like, it's preventative. They're preventative measures, yeah. but it was on people. I mean, when you look at our society now, I mean, um, if you go back to our Deuteronomy podcast, I mean, a lot of the laws and things were set up so that you could have a legit society that works well together. Right. Um, and a lot of the th- very things that we reject in the name of tolerance and uh, a lot of the things that we reject in the name of of whatever where we're feeling at the time really are the very things that are causing the problems, the injustice, the... Mm-hmm the downfall of, of our society, the very things we need to fix this is the very thing. Well, I'll tell you what, I know how we can do it. Um, but the problem is, is you're all rejecting all of those things that, that cause our society to be able to work together and for that injustice and those various things to not happen. Um, and so I think we see that a lot in Deuteronomy, but, but I think that's when it comes down to, if you don't get rid of all of those, those deep seated beliefs and, or religions and ways of worshiping, mm-hmm. it's going to seep into the culture and it's going to seep into your religion. It's going to seep into the way that you worship and honor God. And that's where we see almost through all of the major and or minor prophets, the, that those very problems that, that exist. Um, I don't know. No. Yep. So there you go. Okay. Anything else in that section, or do you want to move on to... We can move on. 8 through 10? Uh, yeah. 8 through 10. Okay. Um, that's my changing music. Lament like, lament like a virgin wearing sackcloth for the bridegroom of her youth. The grain offering and the drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn the ministers of the Lord. The fields are destroyed. The ground mourns because the grain is destroyed. The wine dries up. The oil languishes. Yeah, right away, man. We're uh, losing the ability to worship God correctly, mm-hmm. yep. uh, which is with that grain and drink offering. Yep. And, and I, I think that's that's kind of what she says. The, the second gift that's withdrawn is... Is first of all, you know, we're we're addressing the the drunkards and, and the wine and that sort of thing, which which is stuff that you get off of of the land, um, which which I think in what verse seven, I don't know if it was sa- said, um, it wasn't verse seven, but but we're reminded that that ultimately it's it's not our um, it's not our land, it's not Israel's land, but it's God's land. Um, uh, the cosmic landlord, I mm-hmm. think, was what we were calling it back in the Deuteronomy days. Yep. Um, and so here we see, though, that the second thing that's being cut off is ultimately the means of communication and worship. Um, if you no longer have the ability to make sacrifices, that is their way of being able to, to be in the presence of God and to 
um, sacrifice for sin, and and really even most of their celebrations happened around the sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And so now, due to all of this, they're losing the ability to, to be able to be in communion with God. Um, and that's kind of where the whole bridal imagery comes from is, is kind of what uh, where Elizabeth went with that is, is that idea of um, that that deep relationship that they are supposed to be able to have with God. Well, if you can't do the sacrifices, you don't have the grain offerings, the wine offerings, all those kind of offerings, then you got nothing. Yeah. It's a that's why. I, that next part with the, like the priest mourning. I mm -hmm. mean, they, they understand what's going on. They understand that mm -hmm. this is a problem, yep. which apparently Israel still doesn't get. No, <laughs> no, and and I mean that's their that's their very livelihood, mm -hmm. um, their ability to make those sacrifices and. Well, and then when you get to ten, the fields are destroyed, the ground mourns because the grain is destroyed, wine dries up, oil languishes. Um, those are three items that were considered. Uh, a showing a blessing from the Lord. Hmm. So those are three areas that that was considered the Lord blessing you. Those three crops are right. Uh, oil is not a crop, I guess, unless it's olive oil. I guess it's olive oil. That was one of their was that it one was of their export. big yeah exports. Yeah. So that I was I was like it wasn't petroleum. No, <laughs> so it was through olives. That... Guys, I need to sleep more night. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so they the priests are mourning. First, because there's no communication, but then they should be, uh, through Joel's words, alerted to the fact that like, hey, you're, the things that are counted as blessings from God are also gone. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what does that, you know, what does that mean? Yep. He was blessing you with this and now it's not there anymore. It's a fly. Where's that, where's that cat? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Oh yeah. That's probably what the cat was going after. There's a fly flying around and we're like, oh, there. Um... Any, did you get anything else out of that section? Or? No, not like I said, a lot of my commentary was focused on, it was basically like re-explaining what you read. So it's kind of doing what we were doing. Right. So um, I'm trying to think if I had anything extra in there that was... Um, I will say, for the first time in a long time, we probably will have to go one more section and then cut it for time. Okay. So for the first time in a long time, we're going to end in the middle of a chapter. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done that in a long time. I really want to do Ezekiel now that after we started talking about that, though. Um, Joel is short. <laughs> that's true. Um, but I, anyway. I could probably be up for Ezekiel. We can take it. We might have to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we'll discuss that Dude, later like when. 50 chapters or something. Oh, wow. Oh, no, I'll take a look. Yeah. But like as you're you're describing it, it sounds like so much fun. And when I say fun. Like... Here's an angel with um, five heads that could only turn left, but only looked straight ahead. Like right. Harrison. Why are 48 you? chapters. Whoo! I think that's longer than Deuteronomy, isn't it? Oh yeah, was that thirty-nine? Oh, I don't remember. It's uh, Deuteronomy is pretty long. It was I don't know if we hit forty, but in the midst of it came a likeness of four living creatures, and this was the appearance. They all had a human likeness, but each had four faces. Each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight. Their soles of their feet were like the soles of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like burnished bronze and under their wings on the four sides they had human hands yeah i can't wait to do ezekiel oh come on that sounds like fun <laughs> it's apocalyptic it would be fun yeah I, it really it would be, be actually it could be for some it could be a long podcast though i think the one thing though i mean especially was, with how much we babble yeah i know seriously <laughs> we can't get through uh chapter one of uh joel which i didn't think yeah. we'd have a problem with two is gonna be longer yep um 
So let's do 11 through 12 and then we'll we'll see where we're at. Yeah, because that that kind of talks about the the last part of what what God's taken away. Um, And verse 11 says, Be ashamed, O tillers of the soil. Wail, O vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. The vine dries up, the fig tree languishes, pomegranate, palm, and apple... All the trees of the field are dried up, and gladness dries up among the children of man. So now we're looking at, um, kind of we're going through the ability to conversate with God is cut off. Uh, the blessings from God have been cut off, and now we're looking at uh, signs of economic fruitfulness have been, spiritual and economic mm-hmm. fruitfulness have been cut off. Uh, fig tree and pomegranate uh, were supposedly signs of spiritual wellness mm-hmm. um, and then the palm and apple were uh, exports that were signs of economic fruitfulness that were being destroyed by the locusts so and in um Actemeyer basically elizabeth basically takes the perspective of the last thing that's being taken away is their joy um if there is no harvest there is no harvest celebration and a lot of their Ooh. celebrations um end up coming around the time of harvest um and so it's kind of one of those that that if it ends with for more on celebrations, check out our Deuteronomy podcast. Oh yes. Um, it says, and gladness dries up from the children of man. Um, so all of these things that, that are basically being dried up. So in all of verse 12, um, basically their ability to rejoice, um, is being taken away. So their wine is being taken away. Um, their, um, ability to commune with God through the sacrifices are being taken away, and now we have the joy being taken away, um, and the low, and, and basically, ultimately, this is the judgment. They ha- they have nothing left um, because their land is is the promised. And it's part of their covenant. It's part of what what's been promised to them. Um, but if they're going to be a di- the thing is is with the covenant, God also says that they have to be obedient, and it's because of their disobedience that they are now losing. God's part of the promise. You just lost your train. I did. Was it the fly? He's like. Yeah, it really was actually. Where the heck did he come from? Wow. You guys might hear him on the mics. Like. (laughs) But oh no, she also says though that like the drying up could mean there would be a drought as well. Um, I don't know if there's any connection with that, but she taught. Possible, but the rainy season in the ancient Near East is only about three months. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would assume that as they're coming up on harvest, once you miss the rainy season, you've missed your shot. Yeah. Because it's not like here in Ohio where you, we, so in Ohio, we basically have two to three crop growing seasons Mm -hmm. that we can thrive through. So the early spring, you get a lot of your berries and fruit. And then Mm -hmm. in the uh, summer to early fall, you get a lot of your corn and wheat and soy. And then at the end of that, you also can... Uh, get apples, ground vegetables, and stuff like that. So we mm-hmm. kind of have like a three, but that's because we get rain through all those cycles. Right. When we need it, we have more, you know, temperate abilities to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the ancient Near East, it was like once you miss that season, you're you're out of luck. Right. Because you you weren't getting a second try for nine months, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever happened to be. Yep. So it's po- I mean, it's possible there could be a drop. Yeah, I don't it could know. Also be part of the natural. She just says because of the because it says these things were dried up and and that that was used in there that that might be also um a drought as well as the locusts um i don't know man that's a rough year that's like 2020 but back in yeah it really is 
Yeah, we just dated the book. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, anything else that we want to add before we wrap it up? No, I mean, that's about what I have for the beginning of it. Once again, it was a lot of like what you have on face value. There, I didn't find a lot of like, the Hebrews only use this way twice. Like I said before, it was very a very clear, concise book as opposed to Hosea, which was a difficult. I that was I, I have to book. admit that was a difficult a difficult book. It was, I I liked it. I liked I it more than I thought I would. One thing I had a hard time with, and not to lament on it too much, was. I have the same problem with a lot of the prophets is that cyclical messaging being said over and over and over again. But Mm -hmm. I also understand that like us as people need to hear a lot of times over and over. So it wasn't always like a new message. It was like the same thing told a different way because clearly you didn't get it the first Mm -hmm. time. And that, that drives me absolutely nuts. So my wife makes fun of me all a lot because she says I repeat things. Um, and if you haven't tuned into to the other podcasts, I'm, I'm a high school teacher. And so I have to repeat things at least, <laughs> at least five times. And that's per class. Um, and don't even get me to the point where I teach at least six classes a day. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those things that it's, it's like, you know, we, we joke at lunch with the other teachers is like, oh my gosh, how many more times do I have to say that? And you <laughs> still are asking that question. Um, and how we emphasize things and, and really like I'll spend class emphasizing things being like, now here's what I want you to do, but I know someone's going to do this anyway, but here's what I want you to do. Did I say, you know, and really you repeat it and still someone goes, Mr. Sulek, mm-hmm. um, which I just told you my name, but anyway, um, I think we have before. Yeah, I think we have too. If you want me to edit it, remind no, me. No, I don't okay. care. <laughs> I was like, are we allowed to say our names on here? I didn't remember. But anyway, you know, so they go ahead and, and, and say that kind of stuff and, and, and ultimately, it's like I just repeated it a billion times, and, and you're still asking that question. Um, and if teenagers are like that, I don't think that adults are really much different than <laughs> teenagers at time. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's one of those that God has to do something to get the message across. Right. Well, and we also we read these now in hindsight. A lot of these were live on the spot, mm-hmm. and we're like, you know, it's like the book of Isaiah was written at least over three periods. At least. So it wasn't like they were all like, oh, man, let's go through and read what Isaiah wrote. You know, it was more like, here's the new message from Isaiah. So it's a little bit different. We just had that luxury of seeing it all in hindsight and seeing it all over one book. Right. But it, right. that is hard for me. That's why the prophets are never my... The, when I'm going through the Old Testament, this is helpful because a lot of times I'm just like, eh, we'll just go through the prophets and practice speed reading today. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's difficult for me. So, but all right. It is what it is. I'm proud of you for digging back into it. Yeah. That's yeah. I buy some locusts. Why did I? I studied Ezekiel a few years ago, just out of. Uh, I I think I came across it on a reading plan or something, and I was just like, "What am I? Re- I need help." So I think that's why I got a commentary to try and get me through it. Nice. So yeah, I, I'm not very good at just reading through the Bible because then I'm curious. I ask too many questions, and I'm like, "What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Ooh, what does that mean?" But I can do the history. Like any of the history books in the Bible, mm-hmm. man, I can spend all day. Yeah. And what you tell me, I got to study Samuel, Judges, Joshua, you know, Genesis, Exodus. <laughs> I I can spend mm-hmm. hours looking at that stuff. But man, you tell me I got to like go through Isaiah and I'm like, uh, do I have to? Mm-hmm. So. Well, Adessa, my daughter, we've been studying Matthew and she's a lot like me. She's like, Ooh, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? 
and you know, we always read through the passage and then the next night we'll start answering those questions. And what does that mean? And then my other daughter, Naomi, and then Sarah's like, hmm, all right, cool. Let's move on to the next. What? You oh, can't yeah. move on that's, yet. That's <laughs> what are wife. you talking about? I think we, we were talking about yeah, that. We yeah, we talked about that. Uh-huh. My wife's like, I, when I said I want to go over every word, I didn't mean I wanted to go over every <laughs> word in Greek. <laughs> right. I'm like, but we didn't answer that question. How right. can we go on? How do we know the fullness of the message that's being told here? Um, so let's talk about the implications. In the beginning was the word. Right. Let's have two days. <laughs> well, we got to go back to Genesis. Right. <laughs> no, I know that already. Like. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. Yep. All right. So anyway, so we'll really end for real now. Yeah. Um, and we'll see you next week as we finish Joel 1. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.